Welcome back to Boy Band Break, where we encourage you to take a break from your day and join us in some boy band conversation. As always, my name's Diane. I'm Chinzia. I'm Sophia. And I'm Lydia, a.k.a. Mama Lou. Um, before I do this, I'm going to make a request to someone here. Can someone put a timer on? Because I can't watch oh, yeah. a timer in. Okay. Thank you. I lock my phone instead of pressing <laughs> Thank you, Chinzia. All, All right. right. Um, Canada Day is coming up on Thursday. Which is a weird and- time in the week. I mean, they can't control when July 1st falls. I know, but it's always annoying. Like, if it's a Monday or a Friday, I'm like, like yeah. obviously Friday is the golden I'm day. only saying it's weird because then the next day you have to go back to work. Or you yeah, take you a day off. You can't get shit-faced on a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Last week, last week, last year, it was a Wednesday. I know. Yeah, but it was a pandemic and everything was canceled, so... It's still mostly canceled this year as well, but there's a little more that we can do. I feel a lot of places will probably give people Thursday and Friday off because, like, what's going on now, anyways? Nobody takes any days off in childcare, so I will be working. Anyways, (laughs) I believe not last year, but two years ago, we did do a Canada Day episode where we went through all the Canadian boy bands and like told you guys about them. Um, I feel like it was our first did year. Did each of us it? do it? Yes, yes. It was right? two years ago. We researched? Yes. No, no, no. I oh, just okay. listened to all. The oh, okay. We just, yes. Right. So, <laughs> Chinzia is going to look that up. Uh, I don't think we did one last year because there wasn't really much more to say at that point. Episode 46. Very 46. Good. called Canadian Boy Bands. And it, the thing is, in honor of Canada Day, we shout out and chat about some of our favorite Canadian boy bands, The Moffats, Soul Decision, 3 Deep, VIP, and ID. And then, and then apparently, because we're thirsty, we said, if any of you would like to be interviewed for a future episode, please email us, boybandbreak at gmail.com. Well, you know that what? That is still open. It's if you still are a true. Canadian boy bander, yes. you know what? If you're a boy bander of any country, offer still stands. Absolutely. Come and be on our show. Yes. We would love to have you. Um, Anyways, a while back, I stumbled upon this article on CBC Music. And if you don't know what CBC is, it is... Canadian Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Corporation. Thank you. I I didn't know what the other C stood for. Um, It's governmentally funded. It is a government... See, we all can't talk. The government funds this. This channel... It's a TV channel. They have radio. They, they have, have all kinds of things. things. Is this CanCon or is that? This is CanCon, yeah. Ah. Well, no, it's like an actual, like, they have news and things like that. But, like, we have to have Canadian content in order to so, keep yes. the money. This, this is the particular, like, you know, like, in the States yeah. when they'd be like, PBS has, like, Sesame Street, donate money and whatever. It's kind of like that, but we don't ask for donations. Okay. And the, but they only show Canadian made like program uh schitt's creek was on cbc oh yay you know that's very popular no matter where you live now it blew up there's also murdoch mysteries but that's not really a popular show i never heard of murdoch mysteries my mom started watching it like she was obsessed with it for a while it's actually a really good show i only so yeah it's like a detective show like you know there's like you know the straight-laced guy and or the girl or whatever. The girl is like a doctor or whatever. And he's like a detective. But it's set in like the early 1900s or mm, something. Yeah. And they're like all wearing like period clothing. And they have like, they wear the suits. And they wear like the fancy dresses and stuff. And they it's film actually... in downtown Hamilton all the time. Yeah. Mm. So it's actually a pretty cool show. And it's so. the 12th season now. 12 or 14 Yeah, or it's crazy. Okay. Anyways. Anyways, check that out. Yes. Uh... Nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> but here you go. So... I found this link on the CBC website, and it's called "Ooh, it's kind of crazy." Which Ooh, is like, it's kind of crazy. It's a sole decision song. It says the complicated history of Canadian boy bands, and then I bookmarked it because I was like, "That's a good episode." Um, and so what I so thought have you we would read do. This article then? I haven't. I skimmed it. Okay. It's basically about. I, I kind Why of just skimmed. Boy bands aren't popular. Correct. Why Canadian boy bands never took off? Because, mm-hmm. you know, American boy bands obviously <laughs> really took off. Yes. And uh, even, ones. yeah, you know what I mean? So why didn't, why didn't our boy bands ever take off? Can I make a hypothesis? Sure. I think it's because we don't have enough funding 
Okay. Um, behind the boy bands, there's not a lot of um, labels like pushing it. Uh-huh. I also feel that there's a lot less people who live in Canada. I don't feel this. This is the truth. There are okay. a lot less people that live in Canada. I think right now we're up to, I want to say like 35 million. Back in our day, it was like 30 million. Um, and in the States, I want to say it's like oh 350 God. million. It's so like they have 10 like times 10 times the, the population. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Although the Canadian government does a very good job of um, forcing CanCon on radio stations and TV stations, so, those, is, so yeah. it's Canadian content, and they uh, we have to air a minimum of thirty percent Canadian music or whatever on radio and TV shows and stuff like that. I just feel like there's not enough of a budget behind them, and the Americans have their own bands. They don't really care about Canada. Mm. Like, there are, obviously, there are some exceptions, like Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber Shania Twain, Drake. Celine Dion, Drake. So, like, when the you weekend. get one of those, the weekend, the weekend yeah. yeah, there's, like, a little, like, whoo. So, like, I, I know when I'm in the States and I'm listening to the radio and then I hear a Canadian artist, because I'm so used to listening to Canadian artists, because obviously we have to play them. And I enjoy CanCon. A lot of people like, ugh, CanCon, whatever. So I also feel like there's a bias from Canadians as well that they don't think the Canadian music is as good as American music. Not all of it is. And that's true, but also there's a lot of good gems in there. Mm. Like, Chum FM has a lot of good songs. I used to be on their music thing, and I'd be like, oh, I like this clip. And then I would look it up, and I'm like, of course, it's a Canadian artist. I love this. So, like, kudos to the Canadian artists out there working hard and grinding. But, yeah, obviously... To make it big, you need to go where there's more people, which is the States. And it's very hard to break in there because they're trying to promote their own. Like, even mm. things like Canadian Idol. We only had that for, like, a couple of years. American Idol. I auditioned, and I didn't get in. So that's why they stopped. So, right? Clearly. But I, even, I made it to the producers, but not beyond. But even, like, the prizes are entirely different. Like, Canadian yes, Idol, you're like, oh, here you get, like, a record. And American Idol, like, here's a million dollars, and this and that, and all this other stuff, and endorsements and stuff. Yeah. And a movie, and here you get, like, nothing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Poor it's Brian just... Mello. He had to go back to his roofing job. I feel so I bad know. for him. Maybe it was all he ever wanted. Okay. Nobody Anyways. Anyways, a story for my rant, but that is my hypothesis on Canadian. I think that's a pretty good artists. hypothesis, but and it's really hard to make a boy band. Like I don't think Canada has a Lou Pearlman. This yes. is what my point was. Yes. We don't have a Lou Pearlman. The closest thing we have is the guy who runs Bad Boy. Like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unless you live in the Toronto area. Mel Lastman was a business o- entrepreneur. He, he owned a, a furniture store. Lazy boy. And then somehow... No, no boy. it's bad boy. It's bad boy, yeah. Anyways, so he somehow through whatever he worked in city council or whatever and he became the mayor of toronto and he was the mayor of toronto like for a very long like time like eight years or something, something like that like yeah terms but he's like so a little bit crazy not crazy he he's just like yes he's italian yeah and he's just like very unique and yeah kind that's a good word that's a good high energy, energy. Yeah, a little Cheesy. bit, a little bit weird. Like a little bit. He's a little he bit out the there. Army with the when there was a snow snow. Quirky is the word I oh, would use to describe Mel Lastman. Yes. I would look forward every year yeah. when they would do the New Year's countdown. Yeah, at, Mel Lastman Square. Ma- at, well, no. Nathan Phillips Square. Nathan oh, Phillips Square. Oh, sorry, we saw Sir Joe Mel Lastman. Oh, sorry. He would. There would be a gong, and he would have this big thing, and he would be like wildly like hammering this gong and. It was so funny to watch. Anyways, I don't know why Lydia spent a lot of money on commercials. Yes. So it would be like so they were showing, like, you know, here's a sofa and whatever. And then their their tagline is Who's better than that bad boy? Nobody. Wow. So, so weird. He had the this marketing. Is not sponsored by that. <laughs> If he, they would like to sponsor oh exactly, he Bring came it. into my radio station once because we were trying to like get him on to be like I forget a thing. And Dave Duraco um, was like, "Okay, when he comes in, you just get on the intercom and go, no, 
buddy. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that, buddy. And like, so I didn't, but like, it was just so awkward. It was weird. And then we had, we had a stunt where they were opening up the, hmm. So we were oh, opening up oh, the oh, Last Man Bad Boy in Burlington. So we actually had like Monica and Olivia and stuff had to dress up in like prisoner outfits. Bad boy. So yeah, and they were like there were signs, and then there were I think we did like a pillow fight or something. And it was <laughs> so anyway, so what he did because he's a smart businessman, he played all the radio stations in the city against each other. Smart. So he had us all in for these like remote so grand opening. And then was like, oh, yes, yes, I'm going to do lots of advertising on you guys. So give me a discount on the remotes. And everyone's like, okay. So we all gave him discounts on the remotes. And then he was like, man, I'm good. I got enough publicity and didn't advertise. We're like, son of a bitch. That's the low pro mentality, man. So you know what? Yeah, I guess he is kind of. I guess, yeah. I can see it. And marketing was good. The money was there. He just needed to be a pervert. But that didn't end up. You need to be interested in young boys. Okay. That's the one thing well, that, that, that he was missing. I missed The only other person I could think that could be Canadian Mel Aspen is that guy who's like, oh yeah, the gold. Oh my Russell God! Aspen, the you not living in this area. I'm sorry everyone's screaming. This is not really that exciting. It is really but that's what I'm saying. So Russell Oliver started as a pawn shop man. Mm-hmm. And he had like just a little pawn shop and then he became like I'll buy your gold and silver and then he would like paint himself silver. Yes. Or then he became the Lone Arranger. Oh yeah, the Lone like, Arranger. So whatever. And then he's like the Cash Man, and he's like, Ooh. oh yeah. yeah. He created a song. I'm the Cash Man. I'll give you money for your gold. Oh yeah. It was like, so this was like before he has the gold rush writing. He has music experience. He's got capital. You know what? Maybe you should pitch it. Also, to him. not a pervert, so that's not helpful. We don't know that he's. We not don't a have any rich perverts in Canada. That's the main problem. Everyone is just. Or they're like recluse perverts. Maybe they don't like, like you know. I guess so. I just like so. Where this, did this go? No, this is because because we're all giving our hypothesis as to why Canadian boy bands okay. don't. Think. So, so you you're got saying your thing. because there's no. I'm saying no money, not enough listeners. You're saying no, 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 no Lou Pearlman, no Simon Cowell. We don't have that one guy in Canada who's just such a prick who has a lot of money and a Maybe little taste for men. What about guys? the Dragon's Den guy? Oh, no, the baldy guy. Oh, yeah, he has money. Kevin, what's his Kevin name? Kevin O'Leary. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's like a hard ass. He is a hard ass, He made but it all the way to Shark Tank. He did, he did. Mm. He could be another candidate okay. for a Lou Pearlman-esque guy. We you know, should contact him. Because he, he knows business. Um, he's, he's on slimy. television. He's kind of a dick. He's kind of a dick. Like, it just, we, you need that, like, perfect mixture of, like, shitty manager gone bad with a little bit of a pervo side and some money. Mm. Um, it just, it's, it's hard, it's hard to come by here because we're too yes. nice. That's the problem. We're not, like, cutthroat, like, oh, I'm going to be the sixth member of the boy band. Tee hee hee. I'm going to massage your shoulders. Tee hee hee. Like, we don't have that here, which is a good thing. <laughs> Dare we not have a molester? It's really a good thing, but it's just kind of like with these with the with the arts, you need that eccentric type because that's kind of what makes the art interesting. Because like I don't know, like because because especially like in in music, right? You got to be in the room where it happens. You know what I mean? Like you got to meet the. Are you making a point? That's the Hamilton. Anyone watched Hamilton? I haven't yet. Oh, okay. No. The musical Hamilton. Anyways. Okay. Because like, because the music biz is is very like, shady. you know, you got the one guy eating shady the- Shady business? It is shady business. You got the one guy fucking eating Shout a steak. Shout out to O-Town. Making, yeah. <laughs> making the fucking Clyde calls. Davis eating the steak. You know what I mean? Like- yeah. Bathroom butler. Yeah, this kind of like, it's not fair. Because like, there's so many talented people who do music. Look, look on YouTube. Like, there's like so many people who are just doing it for free. You know what I mean? When, when- you just you need that one shot. You need that meeting with that one guy, and you well, need to like just one opportunity. One opportunity. That's the thing. Yeah, the yeah. scooter brought. Scooter's a Canadian. Is he Canadian? But is oh he... no, he's not. He's Shit. American. Never mind. He's Forget it. I don't... Bieber's Canadian. Scooter. Yeah. Yeah. There. You know what it is? There's also there's um okay in in Japan there's a um uh in the office culture I, I there's something going. that's called yeah. the loud American. Right. It's the loud American is like. That's a post where you're just like, you're like obnoxious 
and pushy. And but, say things that people are thinking but don't want to say it because they're polite. Right, exactly, right? So, like, you know, um, I could, I think I I might be able to fill that Lou Perlman role in Canada, guys. All right. So, like... It just, we'll start just, promoting you. I just need some capital. She just needs money. I just need money. I'm already perverted. I'm already there. <laughs> but I have no money. All right. <laughs> so you just need the money and someone to give you a chance. There you go. Exactly. All right. And then what's your hypothesis as to why? Uh, I was thinking like they don't have as good as songs for boy bands. Mm, the writers. Because yeah, they don't, um, have, enough money they don't have money to get the songs that they need to have a hit. So I think, yeah, they're not tickling any balls. Well, yeah, because part of CanCon, you have to have like two out of the three criteria. Yeah. So, yes, for something to be considered Canadian content, it has to have two out of four of Maple, which is music, artist, producer, or lyrics, I think. So that's why, so, even though Brian Adams is Canadian... A lot of his music is not considered CanCon because he does a lot of his stuff in the states. Because mm. so the states, go. they got to polish on shit. All right, yeah, I will. I will give you that, Americans. You know what's good. You polish it up. You make it nice. You know what I mean? Us, we're just like mm. it's kind of like we're government funded. We don't even have to try. <laughs> Take my shit. You know, Take it's my kinda, shit. Here you go. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't know. Well, friends, we're on. We're I was going to say, we're 15 in. and a half. And we not, we've only got to the title of the article. Yes. And this is a bit of an article. Great hypothesis, everyone. I don't Thank want you. this Thank to you. turn into a Rolling Stone debacle again, where that was a very long episode. So yes. unless it's really important, let's try not to go off on a tangent. Okay. 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 All right. So uh, the... I love how you're both looking at me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, There's a little pre-thing here that says CBC Music wanted to get a better understanding of the rise and fall of Canadian boy bands. Over the course of a few months, Holly Gordon, Melanie Lau, and Andrea Warner, they're the people who wrote this article, interviewed some of the members of the biggest acts Ooh. from the 90s and 2000s, the executives and marketing professionals who tried to replicate a quintessentially American success story here at home, as well as pop culture experts to help analyze the surreal but special moment in Canadian music history. Mm. And this is a fairly recent article. It just came out in October of 2020. So, mm. Okay. okay. Uh, and there's a cute cartoon picture at the top. There's a very cute cartoon picture at the I top. You can see it. I'm not going to show it to the camera because they won't be able can to you see guess it. Who they are? Oh, oh, it's a cartoon of Canadian boy bands. Okay, I see it. Do you yes. know who they are? Yeah, it's not important. We'll get to it. Okay. Remember, really important. All right. So, no matter how hard Canada tries, there's one thing it can't get quite right boy bands. I know. Yeah. And boy, have we tried. Yeah. We have. Yeah. The fever pitch of Canadian boy band success and market saturation came in 2000. One year after Backstreet Boys, and then in brackets they put BSB, so I think they're going to continue to refer to them as BSB throughout the rest of this well, article. Backstreet Boys is long to type out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hit their pinnacle in the United States. But the race had been on for a few years. Mm-hmm. BSB and NSYNC were circling each other in America. Mm-hmm. And they did put NSYNC in all capitals, but no star. Uh, mm. It's all about the star, baby. Yikes. At least they didn't put the apostrophe. That's true. Both bands emerged out of Florida, specifically in the mid-90s, and fans began to swoon and, swoon and swarm around the world. The Canadian music industry wanted its own piece of the boy band billions. Yeah. Fair. Teenage family band The Moffats Yay. Yay. left their country music for pop and made their major label debut in 1998 uh, called Chapter One, A New Beginning. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, Montreal Sky released its major label debut in 1999 called A Piece of Paradise. Some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I know that song. Yes. And Soul Decision, B44, and McMaster and James oh. arrived with their major label debuts in 2000. Can we meet? In I order. Met, I met, Jane. Yeah. I met uh, Luke McMaster. Okay. They sing that thank you song. Mm. No one does it better, B44 and McMaster and James, respectively. Also active during this time, Wave Voices yeah. in Public, That's which VIP. is VIP. Oh, VIP! VIP! VIP was our closest to a real boy. Band. Yeah. Mm. Uh, three yeah. Deep. Three Deep was Three closer. Deep! Uh, CJ! Identically different ID, ID. Oh, and ID. distinct nature. Oh, I'm sorry. ID was our closest to a boy band. VIP was... Just my luck. I'm like, it shouldn't be. I, I know. Think you're remembering it differently. <laughs> I did okay. get that confused. ID was like a five member pretty boy group. Okay, I see, okay. I see. Okay. Oh my God. They mentioned all the good ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there 
was a lot of dyed hair, some unfortunate soul patches, a bit of choreography, a few coordinated outfits, and pop melodies for days. But mostly what made a boy band a boy band was its targeted fan base. Teenage girls. High five. Good job. That was us in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I slapped you already. I know, I'm slapping myself. Okay. And while audiences showed up in the thousands across Canada to support these acts. We sure did. Even helping their songs dominate the year-end charts in 2000, none of the Canadian boy bands would make it out of the decade intact. Sad Mm. face. Most barely made it to 2005. Unarguably, we haven't had a boy band since. Yeah. Meanwhile, in America... BSB are still together. Yeah. And in the yes. two decades since the height of their popularity, the States also gave the world the Jonas Brothers, yep. adopted England's One Direction, yep. and finally welcomed South Korean boy bands BTS right? and true. Super M with open arms. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah, I, don't Super M. I don't know Super M either. Mm. Uh, so what is it about Canada that makes us unable to keep a successful boy band industry afloat? Maria Sherman, a boy band expert and author of Larger Than Life, A History of Boy Bands from NKOTB to BTS, has Mm. some thoughts. I know it's been on my list for a while. Um, In doing some of my research, I was really kind of fascinated to learn that a lot of these Canadian groups were either brothers or they created themselves. Mm. They were friends who got together and started making music, which is also really unusual in the boy band story. Yes, unless you're 98 Degrees. They make their own music? No, or they were friends together at school. Oh, new kids, uh, new kids too. too. New yeah. kids, yeah. Except for Joey, they brought him in. Yeah. Sherman said in an interview with CBC Music, when you look at the ones that go on to sell bajillions of records, they are typically created by some industry Svengali who has orchestrated mm-hmm. and strategized every single step of their development. So they've created a product in order to sell, and that's how they explode beyond anyone's imagination. Yep. Yeah, totes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. The fact that then there's a quote from her here that says the fact that they're called boy bands, it makes it seem like they can't grow up. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Um, There are also strata within the boy band genre, Sherman explained. With their success, with the success of BSB and NSYNC, there were other American attempts to capitalize on the boy band trend. O-Town, 98 Degrees, LFO, and the like wanted to be phenomena like BSB and NSYNC, but had to settle for second tier. Burn. Wow, <laughs> but also truthful. True, yes. yes. But that's why it's burned. we so we say it all the time. Yes. BSB and NSYNC are the elite. Yes, they Agreed. are the creme to the creme. They are just the top, top of the notch. top when it comes to boy bands. Because yes. that was like the 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 pure so, Lou Pearlman experience pinnacle the peak yeah. the peak yeah. of the- and then like everything else is just kind of like a water and it was okay version. to have any of the other ones as your second favorite band yes so there was not any fighting no the infighting of the fans of the BSB and Sync thing which was created by Lou Pearlman yes genius man brilliant so yes gross but brilliant um, the marketplace gets oversaturated because everybody's like, oh, boy bands are doing well and now everybody's in a boy band, mm-hmm. Sherman said. And it's unfortunate because I feel like there are a lot of boy bands that didn't get their shine internationally, yes. which is True. which is a huge thing with a lot of these, especially American boy bands and then even Canadian ones yeah. and whatever. Yeah. BSB and NSYNC became global phenomenons. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even new kids ha- are really even now still struggling still trying to take it overseas and go yeah. and whatever and they're just not hitting it so because they were so big in yeah. America yeah yeah, yeah. so like, it helped that they were BSB, yes they were able I was to gonna say that it helped getting Backstreet Boys because BSB is big because that's how because that's how Lou did it he started in Europe Canada trickled down that's the that's the format of Perfection. I also thought of something I just want to quickly say. Magazines. Mm. I yes. feel like most, all of those teen magazines were out of the States. Yes, yes. I feel like there was not a lot of, the Moffats, yes, but I feel like there was not a lot of representation of like no. VIP, ID, um, any of those ones yes. in those things. So we didn't have our own. We'd, also, we'd get the European ones too. Yeah. So we would see the Westlife's and the like, 
Boyzone uh, Boy and uh, all those ones. We would see those ones, but there was never really any Canadian magazines. Yeah, there was no Canadian this publishers. Is true. So, yeah. So, if they were lucky, they maybe got in the American one, but probably not. And because there was no internet, very low internet back then, not a lot of people had it. Yeah. There was not a way to get them out more. It's true. It's okay. true. Sorry. Let's true. continue. Yeah. Without an international platform, or at least an American cosign, Canadian boy bands couldn't break out. Yeah. Carla Palmer is, who's now a director at CBC Music, and my phone just went black, uh, knows boy bands. She worked at the West Coast Promotional Representative for EMI and accompanied both the Moffats and Sky on their promo tours Ooh, of Western Canada. That's a dream. Cool. Oh, I want to do that somewhere. Palmer was also the marketing manager for the first and second BSB Western Canadian tours as well as InSync and Spice Girls while working for MCA Concerts, now Live Nation. Mm. <gasps> Live Nation? Cool. That's where uh, you want to work. No, don't. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Yikes, okay. We had some good names that did well in Canada, but did they cross over to America, Palmer asked? And did they leave the territory? So their success was due to Canadian content, or was their success due to the fact that they were a strong band? Mm. In most cases, it was all about the marketing. Mm. Uh, so then there's a little break in it here, and it has some information about the Moffats. Uh, the Moffats uh, were a band from apparently 1987, which I don't they believe. They Caterpillar Crawl. But, oh. they're, but they're brothers, so that makes sense, to 2001. Uh, Clint and Bob Moffat say they never considered the Moffats to be a boy band, but they stopped mid-denial. I guess we're a boy band, said Clint on a Zoom call, looking over at his identical twin Bob, sitting next to him in his Nashville home. I think we're boys in a band, you know? We uh, like the boys. The boys in the band. So if you live in Nashville, hey, you could be checking out the Moffats. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the key to being a successful Canadian boy band in the 1990s was authenticity coupled with malleability. Whether they wanted to be known as a boy band or not, and most often the case was not, mm. bands needed to toe the line between boy band and whatever band they actually identified with. Mm. Crafting a we-want-to-root-for-you story and image that would attract as many fans as possible while hopefully alienating no one. Mm. Beth Waldman led EMI's publicity efforts for Sky when the band first formed and later worked with Soul Decision and the Spice Girls. She oh, said nice Sky band. was about playing every market possible, whether that meant fighting for a piece of the American boy band pie or just embracing the DIY musician side. James Reynolds and Antoine Sicotte were two best friends and musicians from Montreal who formed the band. And I don't really think that Sky is a boy band. Well, it's because they don't meet the number criteria. Yeah. That's the only really yeah, real yeah. problem. Yeah. And their bilingualism, coupled with their penchant for Quebec fashion Ooh. and the star status of Antoine's father, Quebec actor Gilbert Sicot. Oh, I did not know I've that. never known either. There's a lot happening in Quebec that we don't know about. Yeah, I guess That's true. true. Quickly cemented their hometown star status. Waldman said EMI positioned Sky as stars from the get-go with a, with a sound and slick pop look that appealed to teenage girls as well as their moms. Charting on the top 40 radio and adult contemporary channels simultaneously. But Sky wanted their fans to know they played their own music. Part of what we did to sort of set the tone quite early was we took them across Canada with a full band. Huge upfront dollar investment, but we had a full band, Waldman said. And just to show that these guys are talented musicians. And that really helped gain respect. So we sort of played both sides of the coin. Then um, there's another quote here from Maria Sherman, and it says, I think because boy bands are always kind of written about through the lens of of this image of some hysterical teen girl, they're yeah. never taken seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of strange that they're always described through their audience and not their musicality. Mm. I agree. Yes, yes, girl. So yes. true. God damn. Yeah. We read a whole article about why no one takes BTS seriously. If you want to go through all that, and we, mm, it yeah. goes through that like nobody takes teen girls seriously, and yeah. it's, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this good point. Um, it's the story behind most of Canada's boy bands. They never intended to call themselves boy bands, with the exception of B Before Four, whose yeah. members were transparent about wanting to perform hits, no matter who wrote or performed them. Yeah. Mm. It was a subgenre that labels used to find an audience, and it was lucrative. 
McMaster and James and Soul Decision would go on to open for thousands of people while on tour with NSYNC, mm-hmm. while Soul Decision and Sky would both go on to play for some of their biggest crowds after while opening for Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. The Moffats were the Canadian open, openers for Britney Spears and the Baby One More Time tour. Nice. As Waldman pointed out, all of these Canadian groups were opening for opening for pop divas was great placement. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. 100%. We were playing shows to, I would say, 19, 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-olds. But when we were opening for Christina Aguilera and NSYNC, it was a much younger crowd than mm-hmm. that. To me, it was where those guys, boy bands, would be marketed towards those that crowd. Soul Decisions, Trevor Guthrie said. Mm. So for us, I was thinking, well, we're not being taken at... We're not being taken as a boy band. We're getting an older crowd. We played clubs. But at the end of the day, that's how we were perceived. Mm. In the end, it was all about reaching every fan possible. For Sky, it was really, you know, shaking people's hands across the country. But with a band and doing live performances, it wasn't lip syncing ever with them, right? Waldman said. So I think... With them, it was really about differentiating them from a lot of other boy bands and really not calling them a boy band, which when you look back at it, maybe it's a gray area, but I think it worked. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And then it has a little thing about Sky. They were from 1997 to 2005. Uh, Montreal duo Sky would go through three lead singers before breaking up for good in 2005. Oh, really? (laughs) But it humbly began as a project between Antoine Sicot and James Renald. Two budding best friends who hit it off in music school in the early 90s. I think they played with Serial Joe once. I feel like we saw them in concert. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It might come up. Okay. Mm. We had a lot of control, said Sicot, of the band's relationship of EM- with EMI. I think that the vision was not exactly the same in the sense of what we saw in us and what they saw in us. Mm. But because we had a lot of the creative control, we were, I think, able to find a good middle of the road path. Back in the boy band days, I appreciated it, said McMaster and James's Luke McMaster of opening for BMG label mates in sync. I was grateful for the opportunity, but I don't think I ever fully understood that machine that drives the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The amount of money that was being spent on, say, a video like Love Wins Every Time. I mean, to spend $145,000 on one video with a helicopter in it these days, (laughs) you can make three, four or five albums. Mm. Okay. Um, Valid point, but there's some music videos that are hell of a lot more expensive. Yes. Than yeah. But I guess in Canada, that you is, know, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In the case of the Moffats, the only literal boy band on the list, the brothers were gay. I, I guess what they mean the is boys. they were actually under 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, the brothers were game to go all the way, and EMI was there to support them. Their story was already solidly wholesome. Triplets and an older brother touring as a family band. By the time they signed to EMI, they had already been playing as a band in Canada and then in the States for years, having transitioned from country to pop and edging on rock. Oh, that Rocky album that they did. Some modalities. So, it was good. Um, good Dean Cameron, may he rest in peace, was the president of EMI, said Waldman. Oh, yeah, yeah that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was the name of the album. It was called Some Modalities. Ah, okay, cool. Thank you. It was the Canadian Hanson. Yes. Yes, yes mm. that's why, yeah. I agree. He was a musician. He was Tom Cochran's drummer. The way he ran EMI was, we're going to break Canadian talent. The plan was to sign a band that already had talent and charisma, and charisma, not to manufacture it in order it to sell records. Mm. Universal, on yeah, the other hand... Sense had a TV show where they searched out a band and put them together. Okay. Remember Burr's Waldman? Called Pop Stars. Oh, no, mm. the global the girls, though? I don't know. It says Are the global franchise was the precursor to American Idol, which Universal would also later be involved with. I what about making the band? Pop stars and the I don't know. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Okay. I, I thought they were, they were referencing an American band. Yeah. Wasn't that Eden's Crush? Or... Yes, I believe Sugar Eden. Jones. I think it was Eden's crush. I think in Eden's a, crush was the American one. In yes, Jones yes. Canada, but they were all girls. Maybe yes. maybe it's a different show. Maybe. Okay, sorry, sorry. Moving on. I don't know. Uh, the EMI approach worked perfectly for the Moffats. As teenagers, they were chameleons who were able to embrace the boy band aesthetic while exploring other sides of themselves. 
Brothers Bob and Clint remembered EMI Canada being so on board with what the siblings wanted to do that they usually felt in charge of their future. Add to that their opportunity-focused father, considered an unofficial fifth member of their band, mm. and the Moffats couldn't lose. <laughs> the Moffats were great with the kids, remembered Palmer. Their parents made them go to kids' hospital every single time they were on tour. Aww. And I was really impressed with the empathy and the ease that these young boys had in talking to these people. Kids, mainly girls. I thought that that was a really good way to give back. Yeah, nice. Friendship. Nice family accessibility record labels that wanted to invest it seemed like canada's boy bands intentional or not had everything going for them Mm. but as sherman pointed out in her book larger than life the term came with a ceiling the fact that they're called boy bands it makes it seem like they can't grow up Mm. then there's just randomly a little thing about b44 here oh yeah read it says they're from 1999 to 2004 of all the boy bands in Canada, B44 was the closest approximation to the stars of the south of to the stars south of the border. Although the trio comprising of twin brothers song. Ryan and Dan Korski and their friend Ohad Einbinder, I don't know was not manufactured by a record label. They did approach the music with a boy band mindset. Yes, mm. certainly did. Good. Spiky uh, hair and all. Yes. Puka shell <laughs> Sherman struggled to find the etymology of the term boy band when writing her book. Maybe it's because it's a dirty word and people didn't want to claim ownership to it, she pondered. But Sherman ultimately landed on a quote from BSB and InSync impresario Lou Pearlman that points to its origins in 1980s Germany. Years ago, the groups that were over there were actually bands playing music, Pearlman once told author Frederick Levy for the ultimate boy band book. I've never heard of that, but also something Ooh, maybe. We should. Yes. All right. Uh, Two things on the list. Probably. Reading list, guys. There you go. It's probably very old and out of date, but whatever. If Lou Pearlman's in it. <laughs> um, though they might have been boys in them, they were bands because they played music, he continued. A group that would dance and sing was determined to be quoted as a boy band. It started back to the times of New Kids on the Block, and it also d- dates back to take that. Once they had those bands, because they didn't play instruments per se, they called them boy bands, like boy toys. So they're referring to a combination of boy toy and they're a band. So they made boy band. Mm. Then there's a quote here from James Brian McCollum, who is a songwriter, producer, and Prozac member. (gasps) Prozac! Prozac Prozac was more of like a cartoon band. Yeah! No, they were more well, like one of the guys from the Philosopher Kings. Yeah. Are they more like EDM? I was gonna say kind something of, like I that. I feel like it was pre EDM. I don't know. Okay, but yeah, Dancy, they had like cartoons yeah. as them. They Simon never and yeah, Milo. appeared Aww. like in real life. It was and weird. when they did appear in real life, they wore masks. Yes, before no. Daft Punk. Yeah, and uh, who's the who's Dead the Mouse? W- Dead w- Mouse. W- yes. Never get over you. Anyways, his quote is: "With B44, everybody was clear about what it was. This was a boy band, and we are going to write the biggest hits." We can for boy bands to get on the radio and that was a very clear agenda mm-hmm. good okay so back to the boy bands and the boy toys yes yes by combining those terms you're sort of taking away any street cred of a rock band and you're softening it sherman yeah. noted mm-hmm. the term comes off more juvenile boyish and approachable to the masses critics over the years were integral in sanding down u.s boy bands and their merits Real talent, skilled choreography, and accessible melodies, transforming strengths into stereotypes to scoff at or to mock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Songwriting credits are also often challenged, if not entirely overlooked, but some boy bands have penned their own music, especially Canadian acts like Soul Decision, McMaster and James, and The Moffats. Mm -hmm. See, nobody wants to give these guys any credit. I know. I know. That sucks. Um, it wasn't bad, but it was tough trying to be taken seriously after all that, Soul Decisions Guthrie admitted, referring to how bad the boy band label affected his band's validity. McMaster and James Rob James echoed that sentiment, knowing that the boy band label wasn't terribly harmful, but it was just a little inaccurate because we were less like traditional boy bands and we were more like Hall and Oates. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. They're not, they, I didn't want to yeah. consider them a boy band. Mm. 
The negative connotations of the term boy band trickled down to influence those groups' critical standings, earning them poor reviews and making them the butt of jokes and rarely landing nominations for awards like Grammys and other institutions that held themselves up to be bastions of critical taste. Mm-hmm. Um, Questionable. Why doesn't BSV have a Grammy? And I know. Just let's not get into it. Yeah. Um, let's just do a whole exhibit on them in the museum, but not, <laughs> but, but not actually give them one. I know. Dick clowns. I know. What is wrong with them? Um, but the supporting capital of young women is what led groups like BSB and NSYNC topping the charts and breaking sales records. That kind of power and influence cannot be understated. And if critics look critics looks past the hysteria, they would see that many of these groups made great music. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Boy bands all over the world have pushed back against the label from NSYNC's last Lance Bass to various members of One Direction because they demand it to be taken seriously. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should be. But a lot of hard work that they, they do. But they shouldn't have to be. Right? It shouldn't... The point is, just because they're a boy band, it doesn't mean they're shit. No. That's true. They exactly. work really right. hard. Yeah. Um, Sherman thinks that we're... I agree. You're like, I said 100%, <laughs> but I feel like I was biting my mouth at the time, so that's why I didn't know oh, clearly. I see. Yes. Okay, we are all in agreement. Yes. I agree. I agree. Yes. Sherman thinks that we're finally reaching a point where groups are embracing the title from Brock Hampton's proclamation... Just by putting the name rap on yourself, you've set a limit, but a pop star can do anything. Member Amir Van told Beats One Radio, to BTS and the K-pop industry revolutionizing boy bands, groups are now finally seeing the potential of occupying this space. Mm. Good. This is Um, true. It's good. BTS really is changing the game, guys. Definitely. Absolutely. I would say they were dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a little bit about McMaster and James here. So they are from 1997 to 2002. They were inspired by Prince and would have liked to grow into hollow notes. Instead, McMaster and James was a briefly buzzy boy band that rode the small crest of Canadian success through one out through one album cycle in the last heady days of a robust record industry that had no clue something as dull sounding as file sharing would be its downfall. Wow. Oh, Napster. Yeah. McMaster and James were promoted on corn pop boxes and I saved it and got Luke McMaster signed that years later when he came into the station as a solo artist. Wonderful. Yes. All right. Sherman has a simple explanation for boy bands mainstream success, but critical invisibility. Run of the mill misogyny. Ah, You're damn right. Yeah. Yes, I am right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. She argued that the devaluation of boy bands always goes back to the group's audience, young women. Because the music press was and continues to be to Mm -hmm. varying degrees controlled by men, it often misses the value in what young women listen to. I think because boy bands are always kind of written about through the lens of this image of some hysterical teen girl, they're never taken seriously, Sherman said. Mm -hmm. It's kind of strange that they're always described through their audience and not through their musicality. Mm. That was the quote from earlier. Bands were uncomfortable with a boy band name because they're not taken seriously. While teenage girls and moms who made up the boy band's core fan base were responsible for the band's mainstream success. Yep. As Pitchfork critic Brody Lancaster wrote in 2015, in fan-dominated spaces, teen girls are the ultimate authorities. Yes. I think a lot of it being targeted towards young women makes sense because they're cute boys with guitars or or they're singing or frolicking on beaches, Sherman said. That's yeah. always going to be interesting True. to young women. Hell yeah. Young, yeah, straight women go. primarily. Mm-hmm. Some cute pictures of B44 here. All right. Those are cute. Um, during the heteronormative heydays of the 90s, boy bands... During the heteronormative heyday of 90s boy bands, the pull of teenage girls fandom was not lost on the bands, even if they did want to expand their audience to an older and more likely and likely more male crowd. For, for us, our audience was going to be young girls because we were young guys and they, EMI, found it. They found the right audience, said the Moffat's Clint. So I think that now, you know, our audience is just a reflection of our age and it's a reflection of the type of music 
and more and more guys like our music now just because we're older and maybe a little bit more relatable. But I think it was definitely directed by pop. And I think that, that I think that was maybe a bit of a struggle with us too, because we wanted to not necessarily just be lumped into the boy band thing. For us, man, if there were 5,000 girls out there or 5,000 guys out there, it didn't matter to us. The fact that we had an audience was powerful, added Bob. Clint Mm -hmm. remembers the... the few teenage boys that he saw attending their show being jealous of the band members, sometimes yep. throwing eggs at them. Yep. Oh. Yep. Being in a boy band, having a primarily female audience is just the most imposing, imposing a threat to males, adds mm, Clint. Yep. Clint. This is true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, it was just like, you know, we're a threat. All the girls are screaming at us. There was some jealousy. Mm-hmm. Mm. That the gender divide devolved into jealousy instead of musical appreciation is unsurprising. Why would teenage girls be interested in the Moffat's music for any reason other than the four cute boys? Instead of being appreciative for their fervor and buying power in an industry that lives or dies on fandom, their love has often been regarded as inconsequential, uninformed, and a phase. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yep. Maybe we just like the song. Maybe we like that they'll be there for us. Mm -hmm. Listen, no one's denying that the fact that they're cute helps. It certainly does. But you're not going to remain a fan for a long time. Just because they're cute. Yeah, they right. gotta have good music. They too. have to have good yeah. songs. 100%. Yeah. Teenage like girls. That, yes. <laughs> teenage girls' devotion is powerful enough to propel an entire touring operation and globally sold out tours, but not so powerful as to move the needle on Grammy consideration. 98%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I still think. 98%. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that boy bands write large and what? I still oh, think what? That boy I bands enlarge. write in large oh. and their fans. There's still a lot of progress to be made, said Sherman. Yeah. 95%. Like, <laughs> just like even a timely example would be bts they are written yes. about in mainstream u.s media but it's primarily just for the records that they break mm. it doesn't seem to be very critical beyond that i think the last couple of years there's been more of a shift but then when they get their number one this week with their first english language single dynamite <laughs> we saw a lot more critics like What's happening here? And to me, it's like, well, girls have been talking about this for years, yeah, you guys. Yes. Yeah. See. Um. Then there's a little bit about soul decision here. Can you read it? From 1993 <laughs> to 2005, <laughs> Trevor Guthrie used to deny being in a boy band. Nowadays, he just shrugs, smiles, and begrudgingly admits that that was the truth of soul decision, or at least that's the way they were perceived by everyone, including their record label. You can't change that, right? Mm. Answer our DMs, Trevor. We'd <laughs> <laughs> like you on the show. This Thank is you. Boy Band Break. Maybe we need to change the title of the podcast. Be like, we're not Boy Band Break. <laughs> Wink. Um, we're Band Break. <laughs> there you go. Sherman added that she does think people are digging into the socio-political identities and elements to music more so than they were in the past. Yes. Mm. People are stretching to think about music outside of their own experiences and perception. Yes. Mm, and she credits yes. a lot of that into increased diversity in the music press. True. Good. Obviously, there's still a long way to go, she said. But I think when you see more writers of color, you're going to see more artists of color covered. If you see more women writing, you're going to see more writing about the interests of women. Yeah. True. And that that's true. not a bad thing. Yes. Well. I really appreciate that shift. It's not perfect, but we're inching towards some sort of appreciation. Mm-hmm. That's good. Agreed. These days, the pushback on the hysterical teen, Im- teen girl image is stronger. When Rolling Stone asked Harry Styles in a 2017 feature interview if he spends pressure-filled evenings worried about providing credibility to an older crowd after having left One Direction to go solo, he did not have time for it. Who's to say young girls who like pop music, short for popular, right, have worse musical taste than that than a 30-year-old hipster guy? Yeah. That's mm. not up to you to say. Yeah. Music is something that's always changing. There's no goalposts. 
Young girls like the Beatles. You're going to tell me they're not serious? How can you say young girls don't get it? They're our future. Our future doctors, lawyers, mothers, presidents. Yes. They keep the world going. Yes. yes. Teenage girl fans, they don't lie. If they like you, they're there. Mm. It, they don't act too cool. They yeah, like you true. and they tell you, which yes. is sick. Mm. Yes, they Harry! Yes. Oh, holy yes. shit! Yes. yes! Harry, you get us. You, you get, get us, Harry. Harry. Exactly. Thank you. Holy shit, I've never read a better quote. Yes. yes. Agreed. 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 Um, wow. Yeah. That is good. Anyways, I, I needed yeah. to pause there. Moment of silence. Yes. Moment of silence. Like, like clap. Clap your hands. Yes. Fucking gorgeous. God damn. Yes. And to think Shinzia hated him. I know. I know. I right to my earlier decisions. I based that on, I just, I thought he was going to Justin oh, Timberlake God. out of the group. And I put that upon Harry, but then I realized that he is not, and Harry is a good guy. Yes. He's like the David Bowie of our generation. He's such he like a open, open-minded dude with fucking mic drops. Yes. If you awesome ever read quotes. any articles about people who have met him and things, they're all very nice. I was reading one the other day about um, an assistant who worked for him, and she was like, they went to an award something and they had a big gift basket and he gave her half of the gift basket Aww, like, that's he nice like, he is welcoming to people around him i've never heard bad stories about harry so we love harry, you harry. we love you harry i'm sure you you don't have anything better to do right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just harry styles whatever <laughs> um all right let's continue mm, mm. it's easy to say that canada's boy band legacy failed to match up to the success of america but the reality is that the two countries operated by their own sets of rules. Our neighbors to the south, our neighbors south of the border. Oh, Chile was doing the hand signal. Okay. I wasn't doing a hand signal. Oh, I thought you were. Okay. I wasn't. I was stretching my fingers because oh, I've been playing with this pen and like. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And you're also writing on your hands. Okay. No, I had notes because she didn't doesn't want to forget things. Oh, okay. Yes, gotcha. I mentioned Created the modern day boy band template. Then Canada's attempt at selling its own version was like fitting a square peg into a round hole. Mm. Some of her acts were too old. Others didn't have the right number of members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we talked about that. Oh, Duos aren't commonly looked at as a boy band. Yep. Uh, we agree. Yeah. We yeah. are biased ourselves. I'm I sorry. Know. I feel like you need at least three. Yeah. But, yeah. Three to five, or maybe seven yeah. even. Yeah. Yeah. Odd numbers are good. Yeah, yes. Better formation. It's true. It's true. And almost none of them had a dance choreography as part of their repertoire. Mm. Yeah. Missed opportunity. You need some dancing. With the exception, again, of B44. Yeah, they were good. And ID. Shout out. Yes. (laughs) One of the members of ID was a dance instructor, so I feel like he got some of that in there. Okay. He also played Scooby at Canada's Wonderland. Thank you for that. Thank you. Awesome. I agree. Speaking of no tangents. (laughs) Canada's boy bands were mostly just bands complete with capable instrumentalists that fell into the wrong category at the right time. And whether or not those groups pushed pushed back against the boy band label, all of them benefited from the unique marketing. Opening spots for American superstars like NSYNC, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera, the chance to perform for thousands of pop music fans, and feeling a fraction of the limelight that their US, U.S. counterparts experienced may feel like a consolation prize, Mm -hmm. but it was actually considered a huge victory for some of these groups. Hmm. For as much as Canada has succeeded with solo pop artists, Alanis Morissette, Celine Dion, and rock groups, Nickelback, the Bare Naked Ladies, Sum 41, and Rush are what they list here. Pop groups were a new terrain and boy bands were the most viable acts. Mm. Any group of cute young boys was going to be somehow pushed into the boy band schema, Sherman said. That's why Sum 41 was not a... Oh, Pointing out that Canada wasn't alone in the boy band competition. In the UK, home of pronto boy band The Beatles also made a strong run at the boy band domination in the 90s, 2000s, with BB Mac, Five, Westlife, McFly, and Busted. Nice. All yeah. before delivering us the boy band saviors of the 2010s, One Direction. One Direction. Yeah. One Direction. Yeah. Those are all very good UK bands. Yeah, they were good UK bands. 
But with BSB and NSYNC already taking up so much space at the turn of the millennium, that left very little room for others. Mm-hmm. As Sherman notes, they were all they were all kind of trying to access the same marketplace because you have something like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC selling so exorbitantly well some of the best-selling records of all time. Mm-hmm. Yes. I kind of compare it to like in the mid-90s where every major label was trying to find the next Nirvana and they just ended up signing 1,000 mediocre Nirvana wannabes. Mm. Okay. Sherman continues. Yeah. Soul Decisions Guthrie added that with the oversaturation of the U.S. market, Canadians needed to perform above and beyond expectations to get a- attention. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of great Canadian talent, and sometimes they're just that they're just one song short of breaking that market. He yeah. said, mm-hmm. "It's tough." Few people extol Canada's boy band legacy nowadays, but that doesn't mean that the group's general pop present hasn't strengthened in recent years. Even though we failed to boost our boy bands, Canada has gone on to produce some of the world's biggest pop stars: Justin Bieber, yeah. Shawn Mendes, yeah, oh yeah. Drake, yes, Avril Lavigne, yeah, and Carly Rae Jepsen, oh yeah, Giuseppe. Giuseppe. are just a few of the many artists who have Come broken through mm-hmm. and smashed records, establishing the country as a pop force. Yes, yes, yeah, true. For artists like Bieber and Mendez, who could have easily fit the boy band mold, their success rides off new technological advances. Mm-hmm. Post Napster. Th- that groups like Soul Decision and the Moffats missed out on, Bieber became a YouTube sensation and caught the attention of American manager Scooter Braun and R&B star Usher. Mm. Mendez followed a few years later by blowing up on Vine, a platform where young Mendez performed six-second song covers. Mm. While Bieber performed some choreography live, both those artists became overnight sensations for their musical talents, playing the drums, Bieber... Guitar, both Bieber and Mendez, and piano, again, both Bieber and Mendez. Oh, nice. Falling in line with a Canadian boy band lineage that was established in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And while K-pop has taken the boy band torch and sprinted ahead yes. with a new model of superstardom. <laughs> yeah. Sliding in like butter. <laughs> oh, oh Sherman said that the ebbs and flows of the boy band trend could be very could very well open up to future Canadian boy yeah. band breakouts. Come on, come on, Mama Lou. <laughs> I will seriously do it. I just need capital, guys. Yes. Go to our Kofi. Money and an opportunity. Yes, Lydia's so, your girl. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if now is the time. She cautioned, but that's not to say there couldn't be in the future. Canada has created great boy pop stars, so who's to say that Canada's not going to make a great boy band? I would love it. I welcome it. I would yes. also welcome this. Please <laughs> give us a boy I feel band. like we would welcome it. We, it. It can be done. It can be done. We follow the Lou method. Except for the bad parts. Yes. Yes. Okay. All that good. is that is that is the end. Thank you so much for that. Yay. That was great. Good job. So the one point that I thought of while well, we before uh, sometime during this is that <laughs> it is much easier for a rock band to make it mm. than it is for a boy band to make it. True, because yes. they have open mic nights. They have all the battle of the bands. They have all that. It's always rock bands. Yeah, mm. it's like yeah. you're playing your instruments, you're singing, you're screaming your songs, or yeah. whatever, yeah. or you're a little more folky or something. But there's not really anywhere you can go to be a boy band to no, be true. like oh, a battle of the boy band competition, unless you're doing like covers or something of the other one. So mm-hmm. yeah. I find it that's also another stumbling block to get into boy band. Yes, agreed. I agree. Yes. Yeah. No, I like that point. article. I thought that it was, was a very really good thorough. Article. Yeah, mm-hmm. it touched on all the good major Canadian boy bands. Mm-hmm. I Some feel good like there points. Was representation. Yeah. yeah. So I think you guys all combined were kind of right. They didn't specifically mention a Lou Pearlman type. They said it's character. a sound though. They made like a fancy word. They used a fancy word. But they didn't it. say that that was a reason <laughs> that the boy bands didn't succeed. Okay, but, but we know the truth. <laughs> Yes. yes, we know the truth. <laughs> but, yes. but yeah, you're, you're right. So it was kind of like a combo of like everything we said. Yeah. 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 Like um, even in the end there, when you were talking about Scooter Braun, like that's literally what you said. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Before getting there. Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. No, I think that, that was, was really good. good. Yeah. 
you know, we welcome Canadian boy bands. If you are a Canadian boy band and you want to try to make it, come on our show. It's That's about right. time that we... And I think, you know... Cyclical boy bands come If back. you're an American and you're listening to this, give Canada Canadian artists a chance. That's right. Like, honestly, you, know, you should check it out because it's pretty... It, they're pretty good. They're and we're not... Songs. They're not all Bieber. I know people have a big problem with Justin Bieber. Um, and... Sorry. Um, not Josh. Not Josh. I saw. Yeah. Um, people have a big problem with Bieber because he's done some. Weird he's done some dumb. Yeah. Listen, he was fine when we when we released him. To you. <laughs> you guys <laughs> messed him up. You guys messed there. him up, and then he came back, and now he lives in like Stratford, and like a, no, he doesn't live in Stratford. No. He lives. Uh, That's where he was originally. Oh from. right, no. Lynch. Yes, yes, because like I saw his house. He lives on like a lake, and like there's lots of land nearby. Cause he's like, I've had it with you people. But now I'm gonna take this hot now, wife and go sit you here know for what? A while. Now he's fine again. Yeah, because he, he's back. He could make a boy band. Like mm. he could be the the Canadian Lou. He has the money. He, he has, has money. knowledge. He does of the industry. He did help Scooter like get Carly Rae Giuseppe, <laughs> um, and other people. So like you know maybe. And he makes good songs, guys. He does. You he cannot does. deny. <laughs> I don't know. That you don't like some of these Bieber songs. Come on. True. True. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, So that was true. I like Justin Bieber. Okay. So shut up. Yeah. Good songs. Good. And Drake's good too. Drake. But Drake's a different beast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, all right. But well, it's time for us to go. <laughs> so, you know what? Check out some Canadian boy bands in honor of Canada Day. Let's do this. Let's get out there. Let's, Let's support the Canadian love. boy band. Show some love for Canada. Yeah. Go back to episode 60. Listen to our Canadian boy band episode. Give money to our coffee so I can be Canadian Lou Perlman. Yes. All right. So, all right. and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you want. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Yeah, We're already there. We're already See? Look at us. There you go. So there you go. Uh, thanks for taking a break with us, guys. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.